Hey everyone, welcome back to the Cultivate Podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Aubin. On today's episode, I'll be joined by a very special guest. All of the discussion in today's episode contains the host's thoughts, opinions, and ideas. These are solely of the host and do not reflect those of the host's workplace, educational institute, religious institute, or other such relations. Before we get started, I'd like to say a huge thank you to Brandon over at Instinctive Designs, who created all the logos and other artwork for the Cultivate podcast. If you're interested in some personal work, go check him out over on Instagram at Instinctive Designs, and he'll get back to you. Thanks, guys. All right, everyone. Before this episode begins, I just wanted to say uh, just a huge thank you for everyone who's been following and supporting uh, me along this journey. I just wanted to do a quick little plug for just my social media accounts. Um, I'm always kind of trying to post new things, have a couple new series out, one about some books that I'm reading and just book recommendations and others that I just introduced are going to be focused on just um, some of my favorite moments from the podcast so far and in hopes for you to engage with me and in, in, um, just letting me know what your favorite parts are, are as well. So if you're not following me on social media, I'll have links in the description uh, to this podcast for Instagram and Facebook. Go check those out. I appreciate all your support and love. I know this podcast was a little late um, for what I normally do. Um, and for me, again, I think right now in our nation that we're in a really important time to maybe just sit back and listen. And so for me, it was more of an idea. I just wanted to sit back and not put any noise out and just let the conversation happen that's happening in the world right now. And um, so this podcast is a little late, but there's a reason for that. I thank you guys for just uh, sticking around with me and following along in this journey. All right, we're going to get right back into the episode. Thanks, guys. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Um, so I'm really excited about today's episode because I have a really special dude sitting with me here. A good friend of mine, but he's not even really a friend. You know, like he's family, he's a brother. So Thanks, um, my brother. good, yeah, my good friend, brother, Elijah. Welcome, welcome, Thank Elijah. You. Thank you, Josiah. I'm, I'm super happy to be on your show. Like, I'm super honored. And like you said, we're just brothers. So yeah. I'm just happy that you, like, allowed me to share my story and be on your podcast. And I just hope through this whole episode that, I, if anything, it just brings positivity and, like, you know, hope to people. Yeah. Awesome, man. And and I, uh, you know, just sharing this with you, you know, all those, I guess, what is it, five years ago or so when I was uh, kind of had this idea planted in my mind of, you know, how important our voices are and in that we have people around us who have different thoughts and ideas and stories. You know, you're one of the first people that came to my mind of like, mm-hmm. man, this dude's story needs to be shared because it's such a powerful one. And so uh, just as much, I'm very thankful for you to be willing to sit here with me and have this conversation. So, um kind of just get into Elijah um you know geez a few numerous years ago yeah was it about seven years yeah I think yeah I was 17 so it's probably six six years seven years yeah seven years about seven Seven years years ago ago. yeah you had a pretty traumatic experience in your life but before we kind of get into that I kind of want to just hear what was life like for a 17 year old Elijah what was some you know what was important to you what was some goals dreams that you had what did that look like for you? Um, so when I was 17, life really just looked like, you know, like an average 17-year-old at, like student athlete. I was going to school, doing my schoolwork, making sure I was getting my A's, um, making sure I was, you know, doing well in sports, you know, just doing doing all the things that a 17-year-old would do. I, I did have plans for the future, though. I, 
I had goals to either go play college football somewhere, get a scholarship to go play football somewhere, or, um, you know, if that didn't work out, I wanted to join the military, looking to join in the military. So those were like pretty much my two main goals, and I didn't really think of anything else outside of those. So I yeah. wasn't really to go to college. It was just either, well, I mean, obviously to play football, but those yeah. were my goals. Yeah. And you had, uh, I want to remember, you. did you have some, like, scholarship opportunities already I, or did I you had, have communications? I actually had some communications so I was talking to recruiters at University of Idaho and then I was talking to Ooh. some recruiters at like <laughs> some other small schools I know right and uh, I was like now back thinking I was like it's a blessing I didn't play because I could have been terrible <laughs> uh, yeah. go Broncos <laughs> <laughs> there we go got the plug in um so yeah so you had you know you, that was kind of a big goal so mm-hmm. kind of take me back to was it Christmas time of yeah? So or even maybe a little bit before then. So of, it was December twenty or well, if we go all the way back, it was November of twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. I got appendicitis um, during the middle of football season. I ended up like um, getting up, like my appendix actually perforated and like ruptured, and so I had to go in and get emergency surgery. Like within a span of like five hours one night i i was told that hey if you don't get this fixed you're gonna like probably soon to die so had to be rushed in got emergency surgery done and then i I recovered in the hospital for about two or three days um after that it was about a month of recovery to around christmas time so december of 2013 and that's when um i just kept getting worse and worse and like my my own like i started feeling ill and we really, the doctor thought nothing of it. He was like, you know, you're fine. You're just, you had surgery a month ago. You're probably doing okay. And, and all of a sudden my body went into septic shock. And then from there, it just kind of just escalated. I was in a coma within a couple hours. I was intubated. I had kidney failure. My lungs collapsed. I was in total, like my body just completely shut down. Like at that point, they, they were pretty much, the doctors were like, He's either going to, like, if he survives, he's going to probably be a vegetable. If he does survive, he'll have to get his, like, limbs amputated and all the all the fun stuff. So, and, you know, fortunately for me, I wasn't awake out of my coma at the time mm-hmm. to remember any of those conversations, but my family was, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's so like that long laundry list of all the things that even if you did survive, because, I mean, there was the idea that you weren't even going to make it through the first night, correct? Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah. So they actually opened up the side room where you actually came when I was in a coma and like mm-hmm. I had family and friends come in and they basically told like say goodbye to him because he's probably not going to make it through the night and so they really didn't think like at all they thought like the whole time like I wasn't going to make it like they really were like well say your goodbyes now because yeah he ain't waking up yeah and then like even then it was like the slight chances they're like his he may not be he may be a completely different person his brain will probably fry right you know fever yeah. spiked and it's just nuts, like, looking back on it, it's just a miracle that I'm even standing and breathing here, and like I said, just, like, super grateful to share my story, like, I just hope it brings, you know, hope, if anything, to, like, yeah. people. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if you mentioned, how long were you in a coma for again? I was in a coma for two and a half weeks, yeah. so around, like, 14 days, or, so. yeah, or, like, 17 days, and then... Once I was out of a coma, I spent a total of 33 days in the hospital. So the other two couple of weeks was getting my in, like intubator removed, learning like how to stand again. Like diet restrictions were intense, like not being able to drink water, <laughs> like 
Yeah, they wouldn't let me drink water Dang. for like probably a good three or four days. Like I, 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 I like they, yeah, they restricted how much water I could drink because they thought I would drown myself because my lungs were so like, like fragile at mm-hmm. the time. Dude, that was terrible. Like I, <laughs> like I was sitting there with dry mouth one night and just thinking to myself like, dude, why can't I just die? Like I feel like that would have been way better than sitting here not being able to drink water when all I want is a simple drink of water. But. Mm looking back on it it taught me a lot of valuable lessons like just be grateful for what you have like be grateful yeah. that you buy your body functions and like we yeah. take for granted just to like be able to get up and take a shower or get up and stand up and walk or take a step or breathe and take being able to take a breath on your own yeah and those were all things that were taken away from me yeah like just drink water you know how often we complain about that um, as he takes a drink of water. <laughs> yeah, um, it made me thirsty. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, almost two weeks of a coma, like, that's pretty nice nap. I say that jokingly, of course. But, uh, yeah, you know, from, from my perspective, I know for you it was kind of a, you're there and it's black, and next thing you know you're waking up feeling like you got ran over by about ten buses. Yeah, so it was weird. The The first time I woke up, I kind of opened my eyes, and all the nurses in the room were freaking out. They are like, oh, my gosh, he's awake, he's awake. And, you know, me, I'm like, <laughs> huh? what, huh? what the heck? And it was weird because it was like like nothing at all. This had, like I just remember in my mind looking down at my body, and seeing all the hard work of muscle and all the like preparation for football and all the sports and everything that I'd done just evaporate. Like, just like, yeah. I, like I had no, like I was stick skinny. Like, and I just looked down and I was like, is this even me? Am I even like Elijah right now? And at 17 years old, it was like just super humbling. Cause you're like, where do I go from here? Like right. what, what is next? Like, because like every, every prognosis I was getting was all like to like, Oh yeah, we we have this hope that you made it this far, but these are the things that are most likely going to happen. You're going to be on dialysis for the rest of your life. You're going to be, you know, like all these prognoses were just so negative. So at the time, at 17, you're like, wow, my life is like ruined just in a blink of an eye. And I didn't know say in it or anything. Yeah, (laughs) just you're celebrating Christmas. Next thing you know, you're waking up and life's completely different. Yeah. And, you know, for me, like... um, you know, seeing the other side of it too was um, just seeing God's power move through that experience is amazing. I mean, it was terrifying, but it was amazing at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember we were talking back and forth. I had just gotten back from Atlanta for a little bit. I was living in Atlanta, Georgia at the time, and um, we were talking about hanging out, and uh, eventually you kind of just went quiet, and I tried to get a hold of you a couple times. I'm like, this is not Elijah, you know. He'll, yeah. He would, you know, message me and He'd want to, you know, obviously make plans to hang out. And so I ended up messaging your brother and um, I was like, hey, you know, have you heard anything? You know, is Elijah all right? And uh, he was like, oh, Elijah's in the hospital. You should come down. So I was like, okay. Like, I was a little concerned. I was like, this is a little weird. Like, I wonder what he's doing in the hospital. Just told my parents, hey, Elijah's in the hospital. I'm going to, you know, go down and see him. So I was, you know, fully expecting you to be sitting up in a bed, like wires hooked up to you, like just, Happy. hey, yeah. hey, my how's it going? Just had this crazy thing happen, right. you know. So I, I get there and um, I, I find your brother and he just comes up and hugs me. And at that moment, I was kind of like, okay, this is, I mean, obviously we've, you know, <laughs> it wasn't like a foreign thing, but mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is different. And I remember walking through the doors and getting in there and seeing like your parents like crying 
and seeing like loved ones around kind of just sobbing and and then I see I look over and I see you and you look like the stinking Michelin man you know like you were so swollen and, you know eyes were shut tubes down your throat like everything and um that was crazy I was like holy crap mm-hmm. like this is a lot more serious than I thought it was and so I spent a few hours in there just talking with you know your loved ones and mm-hmm. um yeah just kind of having that thought of like am I ever going to talk to him again? Like, I'm ever going to, you know, I remember seeing this big bulky kid as a freshman scare the heck out of me on the football team, you know, um, to now, you know, seeing this dude who's just hanging on for dear life. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I ended up um, coming and visiting you a few more times and then had to go back to Atlanta. So even that was really hard going back and not knowing if my friend was going to, was going to live. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> You know, just seeing that the miracle, though, of, you know, you waking up and, and coming out of it and, and uh, going home was such a big deal. And so uh-huh. um, just um, the power in God's healing in that moment of oh, just yeah. how radical that was. And, you know, even when things look really bleak of he's not going to live to if he does live, it's going to be really miserable yeah. to you're at home getting out of the car, walking up to your house. You know, yeah, I, it was crazy how fast it progressed, too, because every victory like i like i don't know like my faith never wavered like i I see like when you came down like i'm i'm gonna say this but like you like praying over me and like Mm. we really saw like the power of prayer and all that and i always give the glory to god because it's like it really none of that should have happened like nothing is science like nothing about my story was scientifically correct none of it was You know, and even the doctors and the nurses, they called me, like, even when I was awake out of my coma for a couple of weeks, they would call me Miracle Boy, because, <laughs> yeah, no lie, because they were like, I've never seen anyone do this before. Like, right. no one stand up again off a van, like, taking off dialysis because their kidneys fully recover, like, they had never seen that before, and so, like, I don't know, like, just, like, living through it, it just showed me, like, man, like, we, we really, like, God wasn't done with me, and not only that, but, like, God is so powerful and we we tend to you know sometimes not realize how powerful these miracles do happen mm-hmm. and I think it's just like during that like you just really saw like I don't know God's love through people how it impacted other people how it may have shown through my experiences to the nurses and like mm-hmm. just all that and like it's just like an it's like a powerful thing like when God like does that because you know it's so rare to see but yet it happens and you know it's like it's pretty cool to like really share that with people like you know god god is powerful and like but not only that but he's gracious and he loves us and i think that's like what my story really shows is that his grace is sufficient for us and Mm -hmm. he truly loves us yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and yeah you know i could honestly end it here and say like amen right like this is such a powerful part but there's even more to this you know Mm -hmm. for me and um you know you kind of mentioned uh, a little while ago and kind of bringing you back to that where you were kind of like you know you were sitting in bed with dry mouth being like almost like well why didn't i just die and so you know Mm -hmm. life for you was radically changed at 17 and so i guess the next kind of part i wanted to ask you about was you know where were you like after all this like what kind of state were you in i guess kind of what was life looking like after this crazy event right so yeah like i i talk about all the good in it now and obviously it's been many years so like looking back on it now like yeah i can look at all the good and point to the the victories and stuff but at the time Mm -hmm. like going back home 
here I am skinny as a rail and and like when I got home from the hospital it was a miracle that I had gotten home but at this time now it's just this huge long road of step after step after step like kidneys recovering can he play sports again can he even do anything again because his lungs are so fragile and his body's so fragile and so yeah when I remember the first couple nights I was like laying in bed at home and I was grateful to be home but at the same time I was like why did God strip all this ability of mine? Why did God take it all away? Like, what was mm-hmm. what was the point? Like, why why like why was that the right. case? You know, and I went through like so much depression. Like, it was it wasn't something that just eradicated overnight. Like, there was days where I woke up and I just didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to do physical therapy because I was like, I don't want to like pull these like bands together because that's all I can do like, right. I was just like I'm a, I'm Elijah I'm a football player I want to go squat 300 pounds like I used to right yeah here I am can barely like pull these bands to like stretch my arms out you know yeah. it was just like I don't know like yeah it was it was definitely hard like it's I don't know like I'm like, yeah it was definitely like there were times where I just was like why didn't God just you know take me away and why mm-hmm. why did he why did he put me through like all of this crap for, if unless like I could see clearly what it was for, and I felt mm-hmm. like at the time I couldn't see what it was clearly for. Looking back on it, like looking at it now, I can see what it was for, but at the time right. I couldn't. Right. Yeah, and I think, and I appreciate you sharing that too, and and I think, um, it's really important. Like right at the end, is like in the moment, like when we face these traumatic experiences, and we have loss in our life, or we have. Um, you know, we know people that who have, you know, um, experienced hardships. Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, sometimes these things don't work out. You know, the miracles sometimes don't happen. And, um, <clears throat> and it can be really hard. But in the moment, we don't see what God's doing in the process. Mm-hmm. And so, like, kind of leading on, too, is, is, you know, a reason why you're here as well is because, you know, God has moved you on from that. And, like, I've seen him use that experience and just use your newfound um, vision of life, right? You know, going from almost being dead at such a young age, you know, when you're that age, you don't think about dying, right? You have, all you ever think about is the future and eventually doing, you know, going to college and getting married and getting a job and retiring and then going sailing down in some Caribbean place, you know? Exactly. Like, that's that's what life is for you then. But as a 17-year-old, all of a sudden, it's like you almost died, and um, <clears throat> that outlook on life is very different. But, you know, kind of going forward is that, you know, you've seen God move in your life through that. And, you know, having that different perspective mm-hmm. has kind of led you down some different paths. So, you know, what are, you know, what are some areas God has led you in since, you know, this so, event? Oh, um, so many ways. Um, like, not only did that experience, like, it taught me how to be, like, a true friend to people. I feel like I was a friend before, but it really taught me, like, how precious life is. So, right on top of that, it showed me, tell tell your friends, tell people that you care about, that you love them, because mm-hmm. you couldn't, you, we could wake up the next day and you won't be here. Like, that was just the reality of, like, you know, if I almost died at 17, that doesn't, that can mean that at any age I could be gone just in a moment, but what did I do to those people that I truly cared about? And like, do they know deep down that I cared about them at the time? And, um, not only that did it teach me, but it also 
I think of like, you know, what I've gotten married to my, you know, beautiful wife who I've almost been married to five years now. Um, mm-hmm. What I've been married to her as soon as I did and like look at all the blessings that came from that and how me and her have like been able to go to the Philippines and like fight against sex trafficking and work yeah. with an organization like Wipe Every Tear and like would I have done that if it wasn't for this experience and like looking back on it, would God have like taught me like how I can relate to someone like being in such a low place would I have been able to be used as powerful in that in that right. area or would I have even been used at all or would I even have had the desire to go right and like I think that was like super like eye opening to me like and like God really used that experience to like really like form my mind and form my heart like mm-hmm. to really love people the right way and especially people at their like lowest points and their most vulnerable points yeah so yeah yeah, because you know if you if you pay attention to any of the news, there's a lot of hurt out there, and um, <clears throat> yeah, you know, in the moment we maybe don't understand why things happen the way that they do, but um, you know, obviously that there was a lot of use in that, and you know, you it could be a whole another episode just talking about what you did in the Philippines, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and the powerful stuff that you had there, and so just for an outsider's perspective, it's been so cool to see like what God has done, and and I think even um, you know the leader that you are every day as a person and just the friend that you are like honestly if somebody asked me like like name the friendliest person you know it'd be you like you're such a um, a people person in the sense of that you just love people and um um, yeah and you know you just love people and and uh you know you have a desire to connect with them and so just being able to see like you know you could have you know passed away all those years ago and and be in heaven right now with jesus and that'd be you know not a sour thing you know it's a that'd be a nice thing in a sense but god obviously had more things planned for you and and just seeing the person that you are now is it's, it's super cool to see like just that god wasn't done with you and that he has has more things for you and uh you know i'm excited to kind of continue this this walk with you and um through life and just to kind of see what else he does so um <clears throat> I guess the this is probably the most important question I want to ask you in this episode today is, you know, what would you say to people um, who are experiencing hardship right now, whether it's personally or, you know, a family member who's, maybe they have a family member who's sick or struggling, like, what would you say to that person? I would tell them that um, there's hope, don't give up, like, um, you just, like, I would just tell them that as as hard as it is to see because I, I've actually gone back to the hospital that I was and I've actually talked to families of kids who have gone through similar things and I've actually talked to parents before and I told them you know I just like want to give them that hope that like like we deal with so much hardship in this life and mm-hmm. everyone goes through different things and it looks a different way and I just tell them I wish one of those people to know like there there's a light at the end of the tunnel we may not see it at the time and we and trust me i've been there and it's so it's so much more easier said than done yeah but when you push through and and you keep fighting and you just have to have that like you know warrior's heart you know that to keep fighting and and to like keep pushing and i remember i had a journal when i was in the hospital that my nurses would write in and my doctors and I call my doctor, his name is Dr. Derek Duplay, but he is a Christian man, and I, and I say he's my guardian angel, but he would say this verse, and this is like the verse that I, 
I try to tell people all the time. It's a, it's in numbers. It's number six, twenty four through twenty six. Says the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And I think that's what God wants for us. Is even through the hard times, He wants to give us that peace and He wants to give a, um, you know, just give us that drive to get through things. And at the end of the tunnel, we we end up better than what we than what we were before. And looking back on it now, so many years later, I can see mm-hmm. all those hardships and how much it's made me a better person. And I wouldn't change it for anything now. I yeah. tell people all the time that honestly, yeah. people go like, why are, why aren't you so negative about that situation? Like you got all these things taken away. And I've had people apologize to me like, man, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, don't be, <laughs> I literally don't be like, yeah. God had this plan for me. Why, why would I want to change something that God has turned into like such beauty? God mm-hmm. can turn bad into beauty. And I think that's something that will help people too is like yeah at the end like you like he's so powerful and we can't underestimate his power and his love for us yeah yeah it's like you know in genesis the story of joseph and he has such a crazy story of you know going from almost tragedy to tragedy in his life and Mm -hmm. by the end of it like you know he's led egypt through famine and he's sitting in this really big leadership role and now he has the opportunity to punish those who've punished him in a sense yet you know he he loves them and has grace uh, grace on them and and one of the most powerful verses in there is he kind of talks about you know what they their actions intended for evil God used for good and and um, you know sometimes it's not easy to see that in the moment but mm-hmm. just know that you know no matter what happens miracle or no miracle that God is in control and that He's taking care of it and that He loves everyone involved. I agree. No, I, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. Well. You know, thank you, Elijah, for that. Um, kind of going to shift gears really quickly because this is kind of something a little bit more, you know, related to something uh, I've talked about before in the Cultivate podcast and about kind of, you know, goals and, you know, whether we're, you know, what does it look like when we're attached to maybe a specific outcome or being committed to the process. And recently for you, you have um, been on a kind of a weight loss journey. I you know, been. A yeah. couple months ago, you kind of had that. You know. I had a coming to Jesus moment. So yeah. <laughs> a couple months ago, I went and got my blood tested. And uh, while I was at the doctor's office, I stepped on the scale. And the the nurse goes, oh, man, you weigh 288 pounds. And that's the heaviest I've ever been in my life. Mm-hmm. And I just remember at the time, like, thinking, like, man, this has got to stop. Like, I... I can't, I can't do this to myself. Like I'm, I'm like pretty much destroying myself and I'm not respecting the body that God has given me to like Mm -hmm. take care of it essentially. Right. And so at that point I really, I really started to dive deep into like, okay, how much, how much like, you know, do like, how much do I value things? And like, it really like pondered the question, like, do you value like eating this food over it? Do you value like, like your body and like like the way you're feeling and Mm -hmm. and I asked myself that and I really just like came down to the point where I was like you know I really got to value my body and so I started like researching got a personal trainer and like took all the money that I would spend on junk food and I've taken it and I just turned it into you know being able to go work out with this trainer and he's taught me a lot he's taught me like you know like even like from my hospital experience that happened seven years ago, he's like, basically he told me like for even from that point, he's like, like you, <laughs> I know what it feels like to be at that lowest of the low, but now you can, you can get back to that point. Not only that, you can become even stronger if you just really put in the work. Mm-hmm. 
and like that like has like changed my mindset completely about how it's not just something that you can do for a little bit but it's a lifestyle change you have to commit to it and you just have to stay committed and yeah and yeah like it like it's been so amazing like i've lost 40 pounds in like three months just from changing my diet and working out (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's funny i I go into quarantine and you know just know elijah's you know the 288 or 388 pound elijah wait no 288 288 sorry 388 oh my gosh so the 288 elijah and i come out of quarantine and see him for the first time in a couple months and you could just see the visible difference and what 40 pounds will do to you and so like good job on that man but um, one of the things i think when talking with you through that it was kind of the idea again of you know, attachment, when we're really attached to an outcome, you know, we get so focused on what the feeling is at the end, or, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to look good for others, or I want to feel happy, you know, I want to post a selfie on Instagram and get 200 likes, and then I'm going to feel so much better about it. But in reality, even when that comes, it's not as fulfilling as we want. And then you next thing you know, you're right back into that old cycle, right? Or when those failures come, right? It's like, well, why even try? But for you, like hearing that was like, it was no longer about that, but it was more of like, like you said, I'm committed to taking care of my body and um, seeing that like, no matter what, like there's times where it's like, man, I really want a burger or, you know, I want these things, but it's like, okay, I'm going to, and, or my body just hurts because those workouts are brutal. He's been putting me through some and they're so good, but they're brutal. Um, And at times it's just like, I, I can just take a rest. But it's like you're constantly at it and you're constantly doing those things. And even do even if you do like have a day off oh, or have a pizza, yeah. it's like the next day you're right back to right. it. You know. And I think what's helped me is I think of the verse in the Bible when it talks about how um, when I think of like Jesus carrying his cross and like and like in the Bible, obviously, um, I can't remember the exact like book, but he talks like Paul talks about how we should take care of our bodies and like mm-hmm. really like because it's a temple of God. And then I think of, like, what Jesus did, like, carrying the cross and, like, how, how like, brutal that must have been for him, like, trudging up that hill knowing, like, he's carrying this cross for us. And, like, yeah. that's really helped me through my workouts because I go, this pain is probably, no, like, <clears throat> honestly, nowhere near as close as what he dealt with. Right. But I can push myself through it because God wants me to take care of myself. And so right. I think that has like really helped me a lot and like going back to what you said about outcome every like diet or workout that i've done before it was always about how do i look at a, like, how do i look for like for other people like how many likes could i get like how many <laughs> like if i should like show a picture of me losing weight like people like would like that and they'd be like awesome but they'd always fade out because it wasn't it, like until i turned it into i'm doing this for myself because i value myself and, and god values me yeah. Until I turned it into that, it was always for other people, as yeah. even for myself. And I think that's what keeps me motivated. Is yeah. And I feel like that's how I've gotten you and a bunch of my friends on board is because you, as you see that and you value yourself and you're like, yeah, this is like way more inspiring than doing anything else. And I don't know, it's just helped me a lot. Like that's like to me, it's just like it's no longer about like trying to impress people or impress my wife. It's about how can I be healthy for myself and how can yeah. I be an example of Christ through that. Yeah. And, and, and to kind of just cap it off, like you were saying, like 
Um, one thing I've really noticed too is that through your commitment to just the process and climbing that mountain with no top, because you know I know you've said like your training sessions are going to kind of come up to an end here soon, but you're still committed oh, yeah. to continuing it no matter what, right? Yep. Continuing the lifestyle you've created for yourself. Uh -huh. But in that, like <clears throat> you know, um, I've spoken before about how we're all leaders and how our actions. Um, can have impacts on others and just seeing that your choice to be committed has led to you know one of our good friends Brandon shout out instinctive designs um, Brandon being willing to make that commitment too, and he him losing like 30 plus pounds yep. to your older brother also making a commitment in his own way even though he's living in a different city than us he's lost like, 20 plus pounds he's lost now. 20 plus pounds and you know for me too like being able to start like going back to the gym and lifting in a way that I haven't lifted in a long time and seeing even some changes in my own life, like how simple it is just to make one decision can have an impact on so many other people. So right. yeah, you know, Elijah, thank you for just making that choice. Oh, of course. I, like I said, I just, I think it's amazing. Like, I just like, I love that people have like, because like me in my life, anything that I do, if I can share it with other people, especially my brothers and like, do it with them like yeah. i was like this hey this this makes it like a thousand times better yeah you know when i can do it with other people yeah, and absolutely and fellowship with them so you know like i i like i don't know like that's what i've taken from it is just like how good i feel after and mm. you know just like how good my friends feel and how we keeping each other accountable and it's turned into that and i think it's like amazing so yeah awesome well elijah any any last words any last encouragements anything else you want to put out there i would just say like anyone who's listening to this podcast just as an amazing person um <laughs> keep listening to it um i just thank you so much for having me yeah dude. like i think it's like i i just thank you for letting me even share and like yeah. talk so absolutely it means a lot but yeah i just encourage people to just keep grinding and you know you know, if you keep God at the center of your heart and as long as you just keep loving people, and I feel like that's something that needs to be spread more nowadays is just love one another. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Love people and... See people as people. Oh, yeah. For and we, sure. We had that conversation, and I think mm -hmm. if we if we really can just love people for who they are and just keep going through this life, it's crazy life, but if anything, if we can just bring a little bit of light to it and a little bit of love to it, I think we can, you know, die pretty happy. Yeah. And uh, I didn't pay him to say the first part there, so I appreciate your <laughs> Elijah, I appreciate your kind words, and I appreciate you just taking time to be here and, and to share your story. It, it was very important for me to get you on here, you know, just uh, to do that. So Once again, it was my pleasure. So thank yeah. you. Awesome, man. Well, thank you very much. All right, that is all for today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, this one was something I was really looking forward to. Um, so let me know what you guys thought of this episode. Um, you know, in the future, I might be bringing more people on and having more kind of one-on-one -on -one conversation. So um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, links will be in the description for both an Instagram and Facebook, as well as an email address. Love to hear from you guys. Thank you for all your love and support. God bless you. Um, and uh, love you guys so much. Talk to you later.